Welcome to the Infused Joy Podcast, the place online where heart-centered creative minds come together to feel a little more human. I'm your host, Sarah Jane Case, and I'm so happy you're here. In today's episode, I am sharing with you an Instagram live that I did where I talked about productivity and answered your productivity questions. If you're not following me on Instagram now, go ahead, go over there, follow me at Sarah Jane Case. And when we do the next Q&A, get your questions answered. But I'm so excited. This talk is exactly what I wanted to share with you guys. And it went so well. And I'm giving out a lot of juicy tips. So definitely give it a listen. And if you're interested, go ahead, sign up for that productivity course and impact the way that you are doing your work in the world because you deserve it. I will see you into the episode. So what we're talking about today is just productivity. I'm answering all of the questions I got in via stories yesterday, and then I will answer any questions that come in today um, as we're alive. So um, for those of you who aren't familiar, I'm Sarah Jane, and I help people to be more productive, to get their creative work out into the world, and to monetize that. So um, that's why we're here talking to me specifically. Hi, nice to see you. Welcome. Um, so today I'm just going through the questions that I got in. Oh, hey, Amy. <laughs> um, and I'm going to answer those questions. And then if you guys have questions, I will answer this as well. So the first question that I got was, how do you make uh, the most of short bursts of time. So what I assume this person is talking about is like, okay, I have an hour window and I need to make something happen. This happens a lot when you're a parent, right? Like you have 30 minutes or you have an hour during nap time. My recommendation for that is that you have clear priorities in place. So you know what needs to happen today. And what I recommend for that is that you keep your priorities and your expectations for a given day or a given time frame way lower than you think you're capable of doing. So if you have an hour and you're thinking, I'm going to do five tasks in that hour, I want you to cut that down to half, right? I want you to have like two or less tasks in that hour instead. Because what happens if we set our expectations much lower, then we meet our expectations much more quickly, and then our motivation keeps going, right? We are inspired by the fact that we finished something and we keep moving. But if we have more tasks than we're physically able to accomplish in a short burst of time, then what we're going to do instead is we're going to look at our to-do list, we're going to get overwhelmed by it, and then we're not even going to start in the first place. We're going to get distracted or we're going to find ourselves stalling because we've set unrealistic unrealistic expectations. So if you're wondering, how do I make the most out of a short burst of time, that is know your priorities and set your expectations super, super low. And the third recommendation is set a timer for yourself. So set 15 minute timers that will go off um, just to remind you that you need to be in the zone working on the specific task. So that is answer to question number one. Question number two is how to get started and keep that momentum going. Um, so my recommendation for that, uh, so Amy says, yeah, I try to do like seven things in one afternoon, which is super goofy and ineffective. And I think like Amy, that is, you know, this. like, that's so normal. We all do that. And we keep like 
our to-do lists can go on for days and then we're like, feel like failures every day. (laughs) When in reality, what's really happening is that we're setting expectations for ourselves that are impossible to meet and that most people can really accomplish three to five tasks in a given day. And so if you're expecting more than that of yourself, you're not even being reasonable. If you do more than that, that's amazing. If you do less than that, then that's nor- that's so normal. Don't, ex- don't shame yourself for doing less. Um, so then the next thing is how to get started and keep that momentum going. So break it down into teeny, teeny, tiny steps. So what we're really doing when we're not starting something is we're looking at it as one giant wall, right? Like this is our one thing that we have to do and it feels so big and it feels overwhelming and I don't have the answers for it. You know, it's like the wall itself is it feels impossible to start breaking down. But if you look at one brick at a time, that's so much easier, right? Just take one brick off, take another brick off, and then the wall eventually be gone. But if we think about it in terms of like, I have to move this wall. I need to move this wall so that I can get through. Um, then we're not going to ever start, right? Because no one can just pick up and move a wall, but you can move one brick at a time. So think of it in terms of teeny tiny small steps. And I recommend breaking down any project into at least six or more steps. If you have less than six steps, you need to be making them real, real small, like much, much smaller. And make that first step feel easy, like make it feel effortless. So if you need that first step to be daydream about what this will look like when I finish, then that works just fine. If you need that first step to be um, outline what this is going to look like, do that, but do whatever. Your first step should feel like something you can do right now. Like I could get off of this live when we're finished and do it right now. So keep it really, really small and then keep breaking it down. Make it digestible chunks of energy. The next question is how to be clear about where to focus our efforts first. Um, So a lot of times, right, when we have these big things that we want to do and um, we have a project or a dream, so say you want to write a book, you're like, I don't even know where to start writing a book, and then you don't start. Um, So what I recommend doing is getting really clear on what you want this to look like, what you want your life or your project to look like in six months from now, and then chart that backwards. So, and honestly, what's really helpful is thinking about it as if you were someone else. So, so if I'm thinking about, hi, Ethan, I see you're here. So if I'm thinking about Ethan, I'm going to say, um, okay, Ethan, what would Ethan need to do? Like, if it's my if it's my goals for myself, I might pick a friend or someone and think, okay, so what does this person need to do to get this book written? Okay, the next the first thing they're going to need to do is just, you know, start writing. The next thing maybe outline a book. The next thing and breaking it down, you know, charting it back, thinking about it like a ladder with different rungs. So your your ultimate goal right is up here, and then create steps along the way that get you there that actually build up and work your way backwards and then make that first step again really really small 
And if you can, separate yourself from the goal completely. Make it about somebody else and their goals so that you have more optimism around it. Because if we're thinking about it in terms of our goals for ourselves, then what we tend to do is we tend to get really overwhelmed and we have a lot of fear around it because there's a lot of stories that we have about meeting our own goals. But if I look at someone else, I can see all the possibility for them. And so getting clear on what that objective is for them will help you to know what you need to do because you don't have stories around someone else meeting their goals. That makes sense. Um, Let me know if you guys have questions about that. I know I did a lot of a lot of moving around there. So the next one is um, how to get over the feeling like your steps aren't productive enough to make actual progress. And I love this one so much. And it goes back to those tiny steps is that you don't need to make, oh, thank you, Amy. Um, You don't need to make big goals. You don't need to make big progress. You need to make tiny, tiny bits of progress over time that add up to giant moves. So do a little bit today, do a little bit tomorrow. And if you need to see that you're making progress, create a visual for yourself. So if you need to create a graph that has like a long bar that's like the end result, then each step, and you need to color those in as you do those steps so you can see like visually see yourself moving closer to that goal, do that. Um, Whatever is going to keep you engaged with the process and motivated to keep going. Um, But really, 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 it comes down to making it feel so small and so manageable and knowing that all of those tiny manageable steps add up to your end objective. Okay. The next one is, when do you know if you're stalling is procrastination or fear instead of realizing you have different and then it got cut off? So I'm guessing that like maybe you have different priorities. It's not what you really want right now. So how can you tell if you're procrastinating out of fear or if you really just don't want to do this thing anymore? Um, and the real answer to that is just start moving. Start taking action. Um, again, make it really small, but start doing something because honestly, in any situation, if you're telling me that you don't have clarity, if you're telling me that you don't, um, like if you don't know what you want to be when you grow up, which is totally normal and totally fine, um, or if you're not sure if this is what you want or not what you want, start doing something and do it anything. Just take some sort of action and that clarity will follow. Um, thank you, Amanda. I love this topic too. So um, definitely keep, just take action, see what comes up after you take that action. But what I don't want you to do is to not take action, to sit back and to just think about it a lot, you know, and to think like, do I want this? Do I not want this? Am I stalling? Am I not stalling? Um because the truth is, either way, you're not doing it. And the, just take one step and a lot of answers will start to come. And the next question is, how do you get out of a rut or a block if it has become a habit to be there? And so again, my answer to that is sometimes you just kind of have to break the seal. Like you just have to take one move in the direction of what it is that you're trying to do. And hello, welcome. And that will show you how easy it is really to keep going. And it'll bring that motivation and that engage, 
um, process back. But the other thing that I would recommend is to really evaluate what are your habits outside of the thing that you're you're feeling okay um, that you're feeling a rut around. So, are you feeling? Like, are you eating in a way that energizes you? Are you moving your body in ways that inspire you? Um, are you doing other things that provide energy into your life? Are you spending more time on social media than you want to? Do you have a morning routine that's fulfilling you? Um, and so sometimes, right, we fixate on the thing that we want to do, the goal that we want to accomplish. But in, in fixating on that, we kind of we kind of ignore all the things that really will feed us and give us the energy and the emphasis that we need or the the life that we need to be pouring into those creative projects. And so for some people, it might mean just doing something else for a second and really pouring back into yourself and making sure that you're making decisions about everything in your life in a way that feels like this will give me energy or this will remove energy from me. Um, and the next question is how to be productive and make time for rest. Um, so my, my funny answer for this is that if you are productive, then you have time for rest. So, um, the thing that I would say is really make the most of your time when you are working so that you can truly enjoy the time that you have outside of work. Um, now the other thing is that, you know, some of you, and I know this particular person just started a new business. And so, if you are in a season where there's a lot of work to be done and you just kind of have to put your head down and get it done, and there's late nights and early mornings, and um, that is just the reality of the situation, then what I say is create. you need an end date to that season. It, this cannot be the way you live your life. This is not what being a business owner is or should look like. You need, it can be a season of really intense work that has an end date. So make sure that there is light at the end of the tunnel for these really hard working seasons and that you really try to make your time when you're at work as productive as possible and not thinking in terms of what are the hours that I'm working, but think in terms of what are the tasks that I'm accomplishing? Because a lot of times when we're starting a new business in particular, we're thinking in terms of, oh, I need to have an eight-hour workday. But in reality, what you need to do is you need to just get your tasks accomplished. And it doesn't matter how fast you get those tasks accomplished or how long it takes. Um, as long as you're getting the things done that you need to get done, then take your, go home, take some rest and have some time off. And that's a really good incentive to working faster and being more productive and staying focused. Um, yes, totally. And that mental switch for me, Amanda was, um, so Amanda says, yes, I love that mental switch. Um, for me, that changed my life. That simple move of I've had a successful work day if I work eight hours or I've had a successful work day if I get the things done that I said I would do today, that changed everything for me. And um, yes, so how to be protective, make time for rest. Then the next question is how to start when a project seems overwhelming or intimidating. And I go back to this again, break it up into tiny, tiny steps because what feels overwhelming is just this the whole of it. But what's not overwhelming are those tiny pieces of it. If you break those down into manageable 
um, actionable steps, then it becomes so much easier. And I say actionable specifically because I don't want you to set um, six tiny goals, right? Like I don't want you to say, I want to reach 10,000 Instagram followers. I want you to say, I will spend an hour every day engaging with other people on the internet so that I can bring them over to my page because I want to have 10,000 Instagram followers. Does that make sense? Like make them action oriented things, not goals, because we don't have control over the results as much, right? As we have control over the effort. So really prioritize the actions and make those action steps as small as possible. Okay, the next thing is how do I remain consistent? So how can you show up consistently? Um, and I just say to that, routines make the world go round. Like find a morning routine and an evening routine that serves you. And so what I suggest for a morning routine is really looking at each area of your life. So if you are a journey book user, some of you are, um, then you'll know that I break, I check in with my heart, mind, body, and soul every single day and I give them what they need. So what that might mean for you in a morning routine is that every morning you meditate, every morning you stretch, every morning you, um, take 30 seconds to write a gratitude list or attend good things list. And every day you write morning pages and then that you just know like this begins my day. And so there's a container for you to know, like I can trust myself to show up consistently and I have like a starting point to the things I'm going to do in the day. And that means that you have um, a consistent way of being. Oh, good. Amy Elizabeth says, so encouraging and helpful. Thank you for taking the time. I love this. I love doing this too. I'm so happy you guys sent in questions. Um, and actually, Amanda says, my next investment is your Journey Book subscription. I'm saving up. They look so helpful. Oh, thank you so much, Amanda. And you guys, like low key between you and me, next year is going to be a little bit different um, for Journey Books. And there will still be a day planner and it will be an online program that supports the day planner and it's going to be freaking incredible. So I am stay tuned for that. That's coming. The announcements for that are coming soon, but it's going to be so amazing. The next thing about that, about remaining consistent is that you show up for yourself in the morning and you'll show up for yourself every day. Now, the thing to know is that nobody shows up the same every single day of the week, right? We all have days where we feel slumped or we feel down or we're having a harder time, days where we're a little bit more distracted than others. And the key, if you're able, is to truly listen to what you are doing, like what you're innately showing up as, right? Like if I'm more distracted, then maybe I lower my expectations today. And that way we're not in a situation where we're shaming ourselves and we're getting more frustrated and we get really, we get really hard on ourselves. And then that gets us into more of a slump. And then we do even less than we planned to do, right? So what I want you to do instead is to really listen to how you're showing up and to meet yourself where you are. So don't expect yourself to show up consistently every single day, but do choose to show up for yourself in at least one way every morning with your morning routine and then allow yourself to know how you're going to do it. Um, the other piece to consistency is really setting regular check-in times with yourself. So check in your, with yourself um, every day, every week, every month, and every quarter. 
and really reprioritize, restructure, know what your plan is, take care of future you before future you ever has to deal with this. Okay. Next is how to stop getting distracted, aka mindless scrolling. I have a simple recipe for this, guys. Um, number one, hide your phone or turn it off. And I hide my phone behind my computer or I'll put it in my purse and put my purse on the floor if I'm at a coffee shop or something. Two is set a timer. So I set timers for like 15 to 20 minutes of focused work time and then reward yourself with phone time. So um, after 15 minutes or 20 minutes of focused work, I get three minutes on my phone and I set a timer for that too. And that way I can, one, I'm responding to my Instagram comments because I'm not the best at that. It takes some effort. Um, and two, I'm not getting carried away, right? Like there's an end point and it's like a treat instead of it being like, a distraction, and I don't feel guilty for being on my phone at that point. It's a choice that I made on purpose, and I'm actually participating in that action. So, um, yes, that is my key recipe. Hide your phone, set a timer, and reward yourself with phone time. Works every time. Um, the next question is kind of off of productivity. It was, how did you meet Obi? And I love that so much. Um, Obi and I met at a coffee shop when I was working at one. I worked there for like nine months, maybe. Um, And he came in, wrote me a a haiku and put it in the suggestion box. Um, It was like one of the happiest seasons of my life. Like I was living my best life before I met him. And um, he met me and we just like hit it off. It was It was pure magic. Um, okay. So back to productivity is how do you overcome fear or walls and procrastination that hinder productivity? So when I'm thinking about fear, things that are keeping me from being as productive or doing the things I want to do in my life because I'm scared, this is my magic recipe. I run that fear all the way to its course. So I let it get all the way to the end. So For example, say you're working a day job and you're doing a side hustle and you want to quit your job, but you're not quite sure if you should run that fear all the way to its course. So, um, do I, if I quit my job, then I, and I am not successful. If I'm not successful, then I'm not going to make any money. If I don't make any money, then I'm not going to be able to pay my bills. If I can't pay my bills, then I'll get kicked out of my house. If I get kicked out of my house, then I'm going to live on the streets. And if I live on the streets and I might die in the road alone. Um, so that's our worst case scenario, right? But before we ever get to that point of dying alone in the streets, we have a lot of things that we can do before that, right? Like we can move in with a family member. We could take out a personal loan. We could get another job, which the most likely scenario, right, is that you get to a point where you're not making the money you thought you would make and you get another job, which means that you are your worst case scenario is the exact situation that you are already in right now. So if you're in your worst case scenario, you might as well try right? And so that works for me a hundred percent of the time. If I run the fear all the way to the end, then I can see it's actually not so scary. And, um, if that fear is about the opinions of other people, then the, I can remember like their opinion of my success has nothing to do with me. Anybody's opinion about how successful I am has everything to do with them and their view of what success is or isn't. And it really has nothing to do with me. So I don't need to own it or worry about it or even think about it. Um, 
Okay, so the next one is how to respectfully say no for the sake of protecting your productivity. So a lot of you guys will find, right, like as you start owning your own business or working for yourself, that it's hard to explain that just like you don't go to an office, but you still go to work. Um, And just because you maybe you work from home or you work in a coffee shop or you work in a co-working space doesn't mean that you aren't working and you don't need to be focused when you're there. And so what I recommend is really just being up front and saying, hey, this is what's on my mind right now. Um, Just so you know, this is where my head is at. Um, So I can't, I'm going to be a little short with you because I have a lot on my mind. I have a lot to do today. The second thing is if it's a consistent thing that shows up on a regular basis, um, like with a family member or or a partner or something like that, or someone who sees you out a lot, um, set a clear boundary with clear expectations. So say, hey, just so you know, if I'm, you know, during these hours, I'm at work. And even though I work from home or I work from a coffee shop, I'm at work. So if you are to, you know, ask me to hang out, if you're to come talk to me for a long time, I'm going to have to make that really short. I'm not going to answer my phone. I'm not going to come to the door. Um, and if you do call me, if you do, I will just, I will not respond or I will make that very quick and I will remind you of what I have to do. And then the tricky part is you have to follow through with that. So you need to turn off your phone or not answer it. You need to not answer the door. You need to make that conversation really clear and really quick because we're training people how to interact with us. We're training people how to respond to our work time and how to respect us. And so we have to remain consistent. We have to show up. We have to set clear boundaries and we have to follow through with what we say we're going to do, or we're training them that they can cross those boundaries anytime they want and that they're still going to get the result that they asked for in the first place. Um, so I'm hearing, um, kitchen, Kitchen Witchlands, that's really cute, um, says, I love this. Um, actually, Amanda says, boundaries is a huge thing I'm working on. And Miss Elania says, what about setting clear boundaries with clients? Ooh, good question. Okay, so clear boundaries with clients. I say that comes down to a couple of things. Pick good clients. So just as your clients are fielding you to hire you, you are fielding them to hire them, right? Like you need to pick people who you really connect with um, and who you feel like have strong sense of self and strong sense of personal boundaries on their own. And every single one of my clients, particularly coaching clients, have been remarkable people. And that is because I won't work with less than that. Um, and I won't work with less than people who have their own sense of self and their own sense of self, um, possession. Like they're responsible for their own actions and their own responses. So one, field them well. Two is a lot of times, you know, if you're not a coach or you're working some in a situation where you're working with lots of different clients and you need a high volume of people, um, then I say, Again, set that boundary very early on. So have a really good onboarding system. So when a new client comes on, you set the expectation up front. And in that email, you have everything that they need to know about working with you. So 
This is when it's appropriate to text me. This is when it's appropriate to email me. Please don't contact me in this way. Do contact me in this way. Get it all out up front. And then when they cross that boundary, or if they cross that boundary, then you can remind them and reference that original email. Let's just say, get back to them and don't respond to them. So like, here's a really good example. If you get a 10 p.m. text and in your onboarding email, you say, hey, um, or like, these are the hours in which I will respond to texts. And you get one at 10 p.m. and you respond to that at 10 p.m., you are telling them that it's okay to do that. You're telling them that it is exactly the way that they should be interacting with you. But instead, what you need to do is you need to just wait, not respond, respond during your hours and do your response and then very kindly and very graciously giving them the benefit of the doubt saying, hey, also no stress over here. Um, However, just as a reminder, I won't respond to text after 10 p.m. So, um, I will always get back to you the next day and just remind them of the policy. Do it in a way that's like, I assume that you didn't think about this. I don't think you're trying to be a jerk, but these are my boundaries. And, but really, really, really do not set the expectation up front so that they are, because I really think people want to be good clients. Like they want to be, do a good job. They just don't know what that means to you specifically, right? Like we all have different standards of what feels good and bad to us. And so we need to set it up from the beginning, what feels good and what doesn't feel good. And then if they cross it at that point, we just gently remind them and, you know, if it becomes a blatant disrespect situation, you can let them go, you know? Okay. The last question I think is actually from you as well is how to, um, do you have tips for sticking to a productivity schedule? Um, and so they specifically were saying, you know, that they do a lot of things really well. Like they do journey books every day and, um, they do a lot of these things. They've tried grouping their tasks together. Um, however, still kind of keeping that momentum going. And I say, um, I, I'm gonna, so I'm working on a productivity course that's going out this week that goes much, much deeper into this. But, um, basically like I build all of my routines to support my goals and to make sure that I do regular check-ins weekly, monthly, daily, um, quarterly to keep that momentum going, to know what my priorities are and to know what I need to be working on in any given day. Um, and then that knowing like that regular check-in shows me, okay, I know exactly what needs to be done tomorrow. And if I go to bed with it in my mind, okay, I have my morning routine. So that means I'm going to wake up, I'm going to meditate, I'm going to drink a smoothie, and I can look forward to that. And then I know, okay, after that happens, I'm going to do this thing, and then I'm going to do this thing. And you can go to sleep like already energetically preparing yourself for what you're going to get done the next day. So then when you wake up, you don't have to think about like, okay, what do I do? Like, okay. Like you don't have to like lug around because you know exactly what you're doing because you do the same thing every day. And then you have already prepared for what you have on the dock, docket for that day. So for those of you who are with us live, if you have any more questions, go ahead and Go ahead and type them into the comments below, and I will be happy to answer them. Um, If there are no more questions, then um, I just want to say that 
if any of this resonated with you and productivity is something that you do want to work on, you want to dive deeper into, um, I do have a productivity course that's going live later this week and I'm just going to give you guys all of my productivity secrets, my exact recipe for what I do to get what I get done. Um, I'm also going to give you my exact um, automation series. So I'm going to tell you all of the things I automate and all the programs I use to automate them and how I do that. Um, you'll get my exact onboarding email for both my podcast and my clients. And, um, I'm going to give you guys my exact progress for making like my exact process, progress, process for making progress, process for making progress is a hard thing to say, by the way, um, each quarter, each month, each week, and each day, and, um, all of the exact systems that I use to make that possible. Um, so basically it's everything I know about productivity wrapped up into one course. Um, so kitchen, which lens has tips for waking up, Working at home with a small child. I'm a single mom and it's just her and I a lot. I thought of getting a nanny, but she has special needs. Any tips? Yes. Okay. So my recommendation for you would be to lower the amount of time that you expect yourself to work in a given day immediately. So if that means that you get an hour every day or two hours every day, really let that be true. Because what a lot of people who have, who are single parents, who don't have a nanny, what they tend to do is they want to get the same amount of stuff done that I get done without, you know, who gets like, who could have access to a full eight hour workday if I wanted to, that you expect that of yourself and that's not fair. And that prevents you from doing anything a lot of times. So what I want you to do is really lower the amount that you expect of yourself then I want you to allow yourself to either hire someone to come help you for an hour or two hours every day or one day a week or um, two or three days a week, whatever you need to do. Then two, I want you to also or allow yourself to be okay with screen time for a little while. Like just be okay with it. Like if I, if it's me and Ford, um, who's my stepson, if he and I, or if he comes to me during work, he is on his iPad, like for a couple of hours. And I've had to become okay with that. Like that is just what we do. And because he's on his iPad for a couple of hours, I can make the money to send him to camp, you know, like it's totally worth it. And it camp, he's not on a screen. So, you know, it all works together. <laughs> so really let that be okay. Let yourself have less time to work and um, really group your tasks together. So if you have just a couple of hours, then every day work on, you don't want to work on a creative task and then move into a logistics task because then you have all this lag time of energy of like, I'm going to move from creative brain into productivity brain or into logistics brain just work on a creative project today, work on a logistics project tomorrow, do client facing stuff the next day, like keep it grouped together and keep your expectations really low. And you will find yourself doing so much more than you're probably doing now. I promise. Recently, I had a one-on-one -on -one client who I adore, who um, I think she has two or three kids. Um, and I was like, we lowered her workday to a two-day work week, like a two-day work week. And she's getting more done now than she was getting done before. Promise. Um, makes so much sense. Thank you. I feel lighter. Awesome. I'm so glad to hear that. Um, yes, expect less and you'll end up doing more. I promise. Um, and let me know, try it out for like this coming week, um, experiment with it and let me know how it goes. Cause I want, I'm curious. 
Miss um, Lady says, thanks for answering these tips. I'm so grateful for all you offer. Oh, I'm so like, honestly, this is my favorite thing in the world to talk about. Like I could talk to you guys about this forever. Um, so if we ever want to do this again, if we have other topics you guys want to cover, DM me and I will definitely do that. Um, if you want to dive deeper in productivity as well, shoot me a DM and I will just email you. Um, not like newsletter spam you, but I will just like directly email you and be let, let you know when it's live because I would love to dive deeper into this with you guys. Thank you so much for being here and I will see you next time. For real, send me topics that you want to cover because I want to talk to you always and forever. (laughs) See you soon. Bye. I had so much fun answering your productivity questions today. Thank you for being here. And if you enjoyed today's episode, please make sure to leave a rating and review in iTunes. That's how I get this podcast to new amazing listeners just like you. And again, that podcast course can be grabbed through the link in the show notes. Go sign up and make your work life a little bit easier today. And until next time, I'll see you next week.